Blog Talk Radio.
A successful special event can be very challenging and stressful at times. Our staff of professionals organizes your event down to every last detail, no matter what size your special event may be. Our creativity and attention to detail turns your ordinary party into an extraordinary event. At Andy Clyde's, world-class service for our clients is standard. We can provide travel arrangements, accommodations, event sites, caterers, florists, photographers, transportation, hairstylists, and makeup artists, favors, daily plans for guests, and pre-event information such as detailed maps, save-the-date cards, and invitations. Being a custom event planner means that we cater to you. We are not locked in by guidelines passed down by corporate. It is our job to find the best possible way to present your event. We have been referred to as dream weavers because we listen to what you want and get it done. Our specialties are the vacation packages. Visit our website at www.ndclides.net to see examples of what sets our services above others. And remember, at Andy Clyde's, we are your We want to welcome you, welcome you to Black Wall Street USA for Thursday, March 31st, 2011. Doesn't time fly? Yes, it does. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of CBBN and author of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, Book 1, 2010, and your co-host for this evening. Our regular host, Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, will not be with us this evening. In his place will be Mark S. Allen, board member of Black Wall Street Chicago and the national spokesman for the National Black Wall Street USA. He's going to be with us this evening, and we look forward to Mark having a show on our network very, very soon. You can join us every Thursday evening right here for Black Wall Street USA. We're here from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Thursday evenings, and we want you to be with us on Thursdays to be a part of sustaining and increasing black businesses across this country. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, give us a call, 312-239-8835. 312-239-8835. That is my direct line. This show has a national focus. We reach out to organizations and individuals across the nation in our efforts to connect the dots, the spiritual dots of our people across this land. We will bring forth ideas and agendas that are already in place, and we will let the nation know what works in our communities. We want you to tell us what works. That's the thing for this year. Call me at 312-239-8835. We've been all over the country. San Diego, Oakland, L.A., Atlanta, Georgia, New York, Michigan, Detroit. We're everywhere. And our ongoing question in all these communities, what did black America accomplish in 2010, and what is the number one priority for our communities in 2011? Let me slow down. It's been a... It's been a trying day, but yet a great day. Our guest this evening, we have a full house this evening. Not only is Mark S. Allen here, and that's exciting in itself, Marie Forte will be our guest. She is executive director of the Chicago chapter of the National Action Network, headed by the Reverend Al Sharpton. Also joining us will be Ronald Tatum, executive producer of Talking Success, board member of Black Wall Street Chicago, 
and Darlene Tate will be joining joining him this evening. These are the co-creators of the Self-Employment Expo, which is scheduled for this Saturday, April 2nd, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Oakland Hilton, located at 9333 South Cicero. But they're going to tell us all about that. It's been, it's been a great success for a number of years, and we want you to join us over there this weekend. This is Black Wall Street USA. Our calling number is 347-326-9477. I'll repeat that. Our calling number is 347-326-9477. Going to open up the chat room in a minute. want you to leave your company information and website links in the chat room. That's how we connect. If you'd like to speak to one of our guests, if you have a question or comment, please press the number one. That will signal to me that you want to come on the air. I will say you're on the air with Black Wall Street USA, and you will know that your call is live at that time, okay? Let's bring Mark S. Allen, board member of Black Wall Street Chicago, on the air. Mark, welcome to the show. Good evening, Sonia Cassandra Perdue. Uh, uh, It's a pleasure to be on with the family. It's been a long time, but uh, definitely glad to be here with all these hacks from Black Wall Street Chicago and, of course, bring greetings from the national president, uh, Michael Carter from the National Black Wall Street USA, and and of course right here in Chicago, um, as one of the national organizers for the upcoming Measuring the Movement conference in New York. So I'm pleased to have you know people say a long time I got a big head, but I guess I'm glad now because I can wear so many hats. Hey, that's right, that's right. First of all, um, tell our listeners who are first time listeners who is Mark S. Allen. We see you everywhere, Facebook blogs, uh, national blogs, everywhere, TV. Video. Who is Mark S. Allen? Well, in the short version, is Mark Allen is now a 49-year-old uh, activist, uh, being 38 years of that in public service on a local, state, uh, and national, international level. And I got started in the movement when I was about 11 years old as a youth coordinator for the Reverend Jesse Jackson back at Operation Breadbasket, and I've never left the movement since. Some people go in and out. No, this is 38 straight years of fighting on behalf of the least of our people. And so uh, and as long as I got breath, somebody fought for me, and there's nothing no less than I can do and, and other people can do than to do something fighting for somebody else. So it's just a, a lifelong uh, a, a lifelong level of leadership uh, trying to empower people at the, at, the, at the grassroots level. Well, Mark, this is what I'm going to start with. I'm going to ask you the question that we've been asking across the nation of our guests on this show. What did Black America accomplish in 2010, and what is what is the number one, just one, Mark, priority for our communities in 2011? Well, I think that uh, it's hard to say this sometimes. We're involved in so many things, but but at the end of the day, I think a lot of us across the country have done a good job uh, going through this. What I call the paralysis of analysis. Um, well, uh, like the Urban League just released a report, how bad it is every year on black people. And I think that, that we, once again, it went through another year of how bad is it. And I think we're at a point now where we really got to stop and ask ourselves the tough question, what do we need to do to lift ourselves up out of the mess that black people are in when God did not depend, did not design for us to be like this? But So I say the number one question and the number one thing we need to do is regain our consciousness. Once we regain our right state of mind, 
there's nothing that can stop us from, from using our collective genius to move us forward. Everything starts with whether or not you think it and whether or not you believe it. And so that's the number one thing we have to do right now is collectively regain our sense of self-worth, our sense of consciousness. And once you get that sense of consciousness embedded in you, there's nothing that's going to stop you when those respective agenda items are put before you. And so that's kind of where we are. That's the work that we're doing. And I think going into this next year, as we go into this Measuring the Movement Conference, we're going to actually begin to measure. You know, everybody says we got success. But by the time we get to having all these conferences and all these meetings and all these good brochures, at the end of the day, when all that is said and done, black people are, are at the highest of everything negative in the black community. And so we've got to stop and change that by absolutely measuring where we need to be, and that starts with our state of mind. You listen to Black Wall Street USA. Our host for this evening is Mark S. Allen, board member of Black Wall Street Chicago. Mark, uh, this past week, Black Wall Street Chicago hosted its 15th summit. Time does fly. At the beginning of this, were you there at the beginning, Mark? Yes, I was. 15. Did you envision that? 15 summits down the line. Well, I, 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 I did, but, 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 but as I said before, the challenge on me and everybody else is to move these visions from symbolism to substance. And that's where we really got to begin to look at the substance uh, of our work. And so I cannot be satisfied when, when, when black people are still in double-digit unemployment. I cannot be satisfied as long as more people outside of the black community own the black community. I can't be satisfied when, when 40 years after, after Dr. King has been killed and, and, and 40 years of this movement, we didn't expect the black nationalist movement or the civil rights movement to end us here with the majority of our young people making a living selling loose squares and bootleg CDs. And in illegal economies, oh, hell no. That's not where we're supposed to be. So we've got a lot of work to do, and it's time to bring those serious players together and connect these dots because we've done it before. One thing people listen to audience should know, in, in Tulsa, before we had tweets, before we had text, before we had, before we had Facebook, before we had fax machines, we just had a group of people in Tulsa, Oklahoma, who used their common sense and claimed 35 city blocks and, and, and had an almost 80 to 90% self-sustaining community. And I'm just convinced. I can't accept the fact that in 2011, 2012, with all the gifts that God has given us, we can't use our genius to go around these urban cities where majority black communities are and start claiming city blocks again and using our money and our talents to build them up. I say, yes, we can. And that takes a lot of claiming our minds. It takes a lot of us coming back together and to do what our ancestors did before, and they did more with less. We got too much to be doing anything less uh, than moving with jet-like speed, rebuilding our communities from within and with certain partnerships around this country, and to end all of this double-digit unemployment and acting like we can't take care of ourselves. Oh, yeah, we, we got a lot of work to do, and, and I, but I'm excited about the work that is happening with the different partners that we have around the country. Greg, you're listening to Black Wall Street USA. And, Mark, give us, uh, before we bring more forte on, give us a little summation. And more forte, more forte did attend Summit 15. We're going to ask for some feedback from her. Why don't you give us an update on Summit 15? 
Well, number one, I think the, uh, in addition to this being our 15th summit, this was our fifth kind of local organizing effort after we left New York uh, last this, this time last year in April. And Reverend Shopton uh, uh, mentioned that he would be using people like Maureen Forte and Wallace Gator Bradley and myself to help shape what happens locally into a national perspective. And I think we did a good job of that at this past summit. Uh, we spent a whole day full of work, and, and we had over 100 people to come out, serious people. But I think the there are three or four bullet points that we achieved during this fifth uh, follow-up meeting that we're going to take on a national level is this. Number one, we've worked for the last several months at securing some new legislation that's about to be put forward in Chicago that can be used as a model across the country, and that's of the municipal deposits legislation that does what? It says that every financial institution that sits in the city of Chicago who does business with the city with city money, they must be required to invest part of that money in the very communities where those banks sit. Now, uh, if we are successful with that legislation in Chicago, that could mean multi-millions of new dollars coming into the black communities for sustaining and increasing black business. And if we do that in Chicago, we can take that same legislative model and take that all across the country, meaning now that can mean multi-millions in black and urban communities across the country. Number two, we brought about uh, parity legislation. One of the things that, that happens around the country in majority black communities, other people keep coming from outside the communities, working in communities where our people ain't working. So what do we do? We've created some new legislation that says no matter where you live, all those majority residents should be have the first opportunity to be working in those districts. So whether you're Chinese, in the majority of Chinese community, the majority Chinese should be working. If you're in a Greek community, majority Greeks should be working. If you're in an Asian community or Hispanic community, Polish community, and yes, when you get to majority black communities, nobody should be passing legislation for anything to be built that does not have a majority black contractors and, and, and jobs in those communities. And if that legislation passes, that could change the shape of, of black contractors and jobs all across this country. And so those two things, and then one more, we had access to capital. We brought together at this last summit five financial planners who between the five of them have access to over a million dollars that black people control that could be going to sustaining and increasing black business. Well, if we can bring together five or six black financial investment people in Chicago, what if we did the same thing in all the other cities? So we take that to New York, because then that could mean millions and millions of more dollars. And so from preparing people uh, uh, for the capacity building to bringing the people with money to the table and by putting forth public policy that, uh, 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 can change these communities back to work. And the last thing I think is very important, we took a whole group from the summits, from uh, ex-offender groups and at-risk youth groups. We spent the last year getting those groups trained to have their own 501c3s. We took them to training on business development. We got their paperwork together. We took them through green technology training. So now you've got ex-offenders and, and at-risk youth who've been using empty lots around this country to grow illegal weeds. So we've transformed these ex-offender and at-risk youth groups now into legitimate businesses, and we can take that to, to, to New York because if we do the same thing in Chicago around the country, 
Now you've got thousands of young men and women who are prepared right now to have landscaping businesses and, and, and green technology businesses, and they could be growing these empty lots and having community gardens all over this country. So I'm excited about the agenda that came out of Black Wall Street Chicago and can't wait to, to share uh, this agenda with Reverend Shopton and those other national leaders because if we set this model in Chicago, Chicago can be the example and the catalyst for how we move and empower people across this country. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. Our host for this evening is Mark S. Allen, board member of Black Wall Street Chicago. Our call in number is 347-326-9477. I'm his co-host, Sonia Cassandra Purdue. Mark, I'm going to let you introduce our first guest for this evening. Well, I'm absolutely excited to, uh, Sonia. Uh, Maureen Forte is somebody that I've known uh, for, for, for over 10, 15, 20 years maybe, but we've always been advocates and fighters uh, in the movement. Uh, uh, I think we started working a lot more closely together when I was the field director for Reverend Jackson at Rainbow Push, and uh, and Maureen had been with NAACP and then became a uh, South Suburban coordinator for Rainbow Push, and now she's the executive director uh, of the Chicago chapter of the National Action Network. We worked, uh, she know how hard we worked in New York to, lay, to make Chicago on the map, and, 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 and I'm excited to have her as we get ready to move to New York. Maureen, uh, good to have you, my dear. How are you? Just fine. Thank you for having me on. I'm real excited to be your guest this evening. Well, listen. I know I'm. I'm excited about you know the work that we're doing, but but and and, and from the very beginning, uh, from last year, Maureen Forte was a part uh, of, of the founding of Black Wall Street, getting us started. She was with us in uh, New York, and then at one of our last summits, uh, uh, Dwight McKee and Steve Saunders were there working with us. So we've had this relationship and partnership uh, with the National Action Network. Uh, in, in a collaboration uh, uh, in Chicago. And so, so Maureen, from being at the summit, uh, I don't know if you there for the whole summit, but what were your impressions uh, for the time that you were there in terms of, of the things that were happening in terms of the working sessions and, and those agenda items we were laying out? What was your impression uh, of the Black Wall Street Summit? Well, this was, my first, this was my first summit. The past summits I always sent one of my board members because I was always working in the studio. But this past summit I was very, seriously, I was very impressed. I was, like, in awe of everything that was going there. Um, you had great business people, business-minded business, business minded people there that was there seriously. You know, it's not like you, like you had mentioned. It's not a community cry out. Um, it was really, I was really impressed with the information, and I'm waiting for the next one. You know, people are hungry for information. They're, they're hungry for the answers on, on what do I do now, who's going to help me. And like you said, you bring the information to them, then they're able to help themselves. But I was real impressed. The location was great, um, and it was not too crowded, but it was crowded. But it was comfortable crowdedness. You understand what I'm saying? Indeed, indeed. I was, was real impressed because we don't know. It was so many. Just listen to the, the questions after the presenters from the financial institution had presented the information. I was shocked because there was a question I had about my own financial situation in my in my housing that was answered. So we well, need more of these. Well, and so and so and so when you look at 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 at, at one as we prepare not just for here uh, in Chicago. But because I think one of the things that we're working on is the fact that how do we get grassroots people to 
finally see themselves again in these agendas. That's why I keep saying we're, we're, we're challenged to come up with some real substance because at the end of the day, you know, Nation of Islam has a meeting, uh, Push has a meeting, Sharpton has a meeting, then here comes the Urban League with how bad it is in Black America meeting, and hell. <laughs> and, and then the Urban League comes up with, a, with an agenda meeting where the very poor people, you know, that, they, that they're purporting to represent can't even afford to go with, with $75. Well, and $150 tickets, but, but it's important, as a former member of the Urban League myself, they do have to raise this money. But, again, how do we, again, one of the things that we say we were going to do and get your impressions on this is keep trying to have this operational unity. I mean, to see uh, at some of these summers we've had representatives from the Nation of Islam, from the uh, 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 nationalist movement, from, uh, and so is that important to keep driving us in terms of reconnecting people, you know, to these quote-unquote agendas? Well, I think that the biggest thing is we have to we're fight we have to fight this exclusion with inclusion. There's a three letter word that's bugging everybody out here and it's ego. Every organization leader has an ego and once they drop those egos then they can work collectively. Now when we get to New York, all the people and organizations you have mentioned you will see in New York. But yet and still, they hobnob with each other there in New York at the conferences, but then they can't stand each other when they own turf. So that's well, the problem. Well, one of the things that I think that as long as people, again, begin to see, like I said before, when you put together people like, you know, Gator Bradley and Maureen Forte or Mark Allen and, and, and the Rainbow, I mean, we collectively, because one of the things I kept telling people is this, I'm upset if I can't help keep people together because, one, I've been a member and a working member of all of our, most of our major uh, civil rights, you know, uh, organizations. I've been with the Urban League. I've been to NAACP. I've been with Rainbow Push. I've been with grassroots groups. And, you know, uh, and, and so I just refuse to accept the fact that when we leave these conventions, we do a lot of good symbolic photo taking and so exactly. forth. And, exactly. And, and yet, but when the photos are over, when it's time for the work to be done, when do people see I was just telling Dr. Boyce Watkins earlier, you know, we, there's some things we got to do tightening up with each other because before we can tell the Obama administration what you've got to do and how, we have to keep that dialogue amongst ourselves to the point that we support each other and have a united front. But right now, everybody kind of, Boyce is over here, Roland Martin over there, Bal Ballantyne over there. And, 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 and so we got to work at this conference, if, if you agree with this, we got to exactly. tighten up our communication, you know, from, from those on the ground, because that, in the end, is what's going to to make us be able to move. And, and you might agree, because I think this movement that Reverend Sharpton has led has is probably some of our grassroots people's last real best faith effort in terms of thinking that, you know, uh, that, that the grassroots issues are being reflected. That's why, you know, uh, I'm working with the National Black Wall Street Organization. They have all our 22 chapters everywhere around the country, we can collectively build and rebuild black business districts and cultural districts all over this country. And, and we know we got the talent, but it's a battle uh, on keeping us, you know, connected. You know, uh, Reverend Jackson was here for last year's conference. I may not have seen him since. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and I talked to Reverend Sharpton off and on. And so we did, I think we just need to, what are your feeling on that? We need to just tighten up. Well, 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 if, if we're here on the ground. Go ahead. The bottom line is, and you're correct, when we get to New York, like last year we talked to Warren Valentine and, and the guy from BET and everybody made 
false promises, and none of them were kept. But we had to hold them to the fire. But we had to, first of all, make ourselves accountable, including myself. You know, it has to be more inclusive with what you're doing. Because I was just so impressed with the summit that this is so much valuable information that everyone that was there should have brought at least 10 more people with them. If, if they had to stand around the wall, the information was so valuable. And, I, and I, I'm just so afraid that the big picture um, – Chicago is being watched. They're watching us in Chicago. I do a, a, a show live from Las Vegas every Saturday night. And the first thing I want to know is what's going on in Chicago. We hear this because they're following you, first of all, on Facebook. And then they look at all your friends and they see who's connected there. And so Las Vegas, um, I'm connected with the BBC in London, so they're watching Chicago. Why are they watching Chicago? Because this is the home of the president. And, so, and, and, and and you're right. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying because, you know, what? that's one of the things that drives me because I can't accept. I mean, uh, uh, you just mentioned, you know, our, our connections. I just had a TV crew from the Netherlands who came uh-huh. to Chicago to find out, listen, wait a minute, something there's something wrong with our big picture when how do you live in a city like Chicago that's the home of Minister Louis Farrakhan, the home of Reverend Jesse Jackson, the home of the President of the United States, the home of, of, of billions and billions of dollars, and yet in a majority black city, you can't even get 10% black contracts. Black people don't even own a building no more downtown. I mean, what the hell are we doing? Let me tell you, you had, mentioned, you had mentioned earlier about the ordinance about whatever race lives in that community. I'm an elected official in the south suburbs, and that's one of our ordinances that has been implemented since I've been an elected official. The ordinance states that if any jobs come into the community, then the percentage of the jobs go to the community before they are given to outside. Now, mind you, I'm the first black elected official in this village, so the majority of the people in this village is white, but it's 200 <laughs> black families. So I was able to bring in um, Omar Sheree with the black contractors to, to be part of the bid. If you don't stop and correct these municipalities when these contracts are given, then they will continue to hire their brothers and sisters and the minority woman, which would be the white woman. And I think think that's that's part of why this agenda that we've laid out in Chicago means so much to the country. Because, see, if we come out of New York, as we measure the movement, like I said before, Gator Bradley and myself, you know, we did what we said we were going to do. We came back to Chicago. We went to these ex-offender groups. We went to these at-risk youth groups. And I said, listen, if y'all can use empty lots to grow illegal weeds and make money from, why can't you use that same talent to sell fruits and vegetables to our people? You've got a legitimate income. You ain't got no illegal income. You've got a a a a, 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 a tax base coming in, and you're doing what? You're feeding your people with, with, with good uh, fresh fruits and produce. So we need to be leaving that. Go- that shouldn't just be in Chicago. All over the country, when, when President Obama and Mrs. Obama say they want to have Ob- uh, Obama Gardens, look here. We can have the same 
empty lots in every majority black city, and we can leave there. Since the, since the Secretary of Agriculture is coming to the conference, then he should leave there saying, wait a minute, if these young people have done the right thing now, they got their 501c3, they went to business development class, all they need now is somebody to say, I'm going to give you a, a, some seed money so you can go and do something legitimate. Then the Obama administration is going to come out of measuring the movement and say, wait a minute, we have now put, we've given young people the capacity to put thousands of, of, of men and women to work this summer, growing fruits and vegetables. Then by the fall, they're raking leaves and shoveling snow, but we have developed a grassroots job base and a business base. That's important when you say you, that's something to measure. And, and then you got President Obama, who, when he was an organizer with us, he helped us form a community-based credit union. So, when, so, so Warren Ballantyne said he wanted to work on the financing. It's going to be powerful to come out of New York if Warren Ballantyne says, now we're going to move because Valerie Jarrett's coming. I just heard on Reverend right. Stockton's show today. She, right. And she's the closest thing to the president. So then she needs to hear, guess what? Now is the time to go into the investment in the community-based credit unions. That, and, and when that kind of access to capital is given to the community-based credit unions, the same way they did to the banks, oh, my God, what kind of access to capital would that mean for sustaining and increasing black business and jobs? I mean, those two things alone coming out of there would, 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 would be, I mean, monumental in terms of a movement that you can measure. And so that's why I'm excited about all the work we've been doing since we left last April and where we're going to now, because when these banks come in your community, one thing right. that they did that Otis Monroe helped us change the language, when they go, okay. they, they get through the community, they get through CRA by saying they're going to invest money in the quote-unquote Chicago community. Well, Chicago could be any damn where. So what exactly. we did, we, reached, we changed the language. So it says, no, 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 no. If you're sitting on 35th Street, that money can't go to 95th. If you're sitting on 35th, that money needs to be invested right there. And so if we take that legislation, that, that Alderman uh, Austin and Alderman Dow are, are now moving through the city council. I mean, so if millions of dollars can come to Chicago, we can take that same ordinance and run it in Cleveland, run it in Detroit, run it in Newark, run it in L.A. And I mean, so that could mean multi-millions, if not billions of dollars, if that kind of legislation moves across the country. So I am excited about well, the work I'm that we've been doing. Too. I'm excited, too, and when we get to New York, because I've been, well, you've been writing reports, and uh, I submitted a, a final report, which I did include what you had been doing and Gator uh, with measuring the movement from the last conference. And um, it looks like we might win an award for the work we have been doing. You know, we're here in Chicago, is the only, probably the only chapter that register with the state. We've, we've received a, one, a couple of awards for our organization here because we have everything in line, and we have our organization in a black bank. You know, mm. so that's most important. You know, these different organizations, they have a lot of black people in them, but they take their money to the white bank. So uh, our money for our organization is at Seaway. And um, and we've also, in fact, I've changed my account over to Seaway also. So we well, have to educate. You're right, and I and I think that that's why I keep saying that that the real challenge is on us 
who are still it here at, at, at the grassroots level because I was just telling, uh, 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 like I said, I was telling Dr. Boyce Wagajola, you know, before we start telling people who they need to listen to, we got to listen to each other first. I mean, exactly. Because a lot of us, some of us, I mean, the beauty of what we've been doing in terms of our collaboration here in Chicago with, with, with Black Wall Street, I make every effort to make sure that every time we do something, National National Network's invited, Rainbow Push invited, I'm not going to accept you guys not being a part of this because we're all, we're, look, we're all connected. There's no reason why the Urban League, with their conference, shouldn't be endorsing this access to capital legislation all over the country. There's no reason why the NAACP or Rainbow Push shouldn't be coming out of New York saying, yeah, we want these ex-offender groups, now that they did the right thing, got their 501c3, they got the green technology training. How can we not? Now that they did the right thing, how can, how can we just send them back to selling bootleg CDs and loose squares and, and, and selling marijuana and other reefer and stuff to our people? Why can't we do, have these, build these gardens all over the country? I mean, so, I mean, I'm excited about the fact, but we've got to keep people on the same accord. And so it's important. That, you know, like I said before, I took seriously, you know, when Reverend Sharpton said he's going to look to Chicago as a model, we took that serious. And so, uh, again, there's a lot happening with Chicago. And then once that's over, we're taking the same thing to the National uh, Black Wall Street Convention that's going to be coming up uh, uh, October in Gary, Indiana. We're going back to Indiana, as Michael Jackson said, and, and, and reclaim. <laughs> Hell, I mean, no, so we need to go, we, after you get to reclaiming, in, in Chicago, then we go back to Gary, where where the the first major political convention back in 1971 right. took place right there in Gary, and some of our black leaders and organizations ain't been back to Gary since. So those of us on the ground have to be prepared and then register for the National Black Wall Street Convention as we come out of New York. Then I know in June or so it'll be Rainbow Push Conference, but then we also go lead roads to Gary. Because at the end of the day, I can't accept the fact. You're trying to tell me that in the eight, late 1800s and the early 1900s that our ancestors who didn't have no PhDs, didn't have no master's degrees, they just used their common sense and, and claimed Tulsa and, and Greenwood Street? And, and you're trying to tell me in, in 2012 black people don't have the capacity to go up here and claim 35 city blocks? in majority black communities and rebuild our business and cultural districts the way we know they should be, oh, my goodness, we can't accept that. So there's a lot that I see coming out of this, but it has to happen in an operational united front. So I'm just pleased that uh, uh, the National Action Network nationally, you know, and locally, because I know from time to time I get these phone calls. If I ever miss Reverend Sharpton's show, I always know when he mentioned my name because somebody called up and said, Reverend Sharpton said something. And I'm like, I'm doing what now? <laughs> so, so, but, but, I, but I think it's important. And so I just want people who are out there listening to, to not just hear our voice. We are measuring because everybody, you, look, you read everybody's brochure, everybody organization doing something they're proud of. But I keep telling you, but at the end of the day, that Urban League report tells it all. Here's how bad we still are. And and, and, and we just got to go back and, 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 and reclaim our state of mind, reclaim our insult level, and just and just know if the black people did it before in Tulsa, black people can do it again in 2012. We can rebuild these urban communities. And with those government partnerships, 
I mean, sometimes we lose a lot of money, Maureen, from stuff that we don't even read and know is even there. And and that's exactly. embarrassing sometimes. When we say exactly. what we need, it's embarrassing to see some announcement saying what money went back to the government because right. nobody applied. Right. Well, that's crazy. Right. Well, the president, the president will be here April 14th, and tentatively I have some arrangements made to meet with the president. And um, what I'm hoping to do is to have a small group of community organizers, including you, as soon as they get everything clarified. I don't, I don't know what the whole big to-do is, you know, with meeting with uh, President Barack Obama here. But, yeah, isn't it uh, amazing that the- <laughs> Isn't it amazing, like, 20 years ago that, you know, he, he, uh, he'd just pick up the phone and call you? What do you think? <laughs> yeah. And now we got to go through uh, leaps and bounds to get his attention get again. But, I, search, right. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, but I just think that if people, if people would convince the president to act more like community organizer Obama and not President Obama, then, yeah. I mean, what, what's, what's wrong with the president saying, you know what, he needs a, a national uh, advisory council of the same kind exactly. of community organized he were because this this don't cost you a lot of money but you know exactly. these, giving these ex offender groups these empty lots ain't gonna cost you no lot of money I mean the mud the food the produce go come from the ground right I mean right. I mean so I'm so but, but but again we got to push that because all these big economic advisors ain't thinking grassroots so I'm just telling you now we can put thousands of brothers and sisters to work doing these gardens. Around the country, we can put thousands of brothers and sisters to work uh, 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 by starting these landscaping businesses in our own community. We can put thousands of small black businesses back to work when we have this parity legislation saying that the majority of people in the community have to be working on these development contracts. I mean, there's a lot coming out of this that it don't take no big, big, big deal out of the White House. I mean, these are no more bigger than partnerships that he's done with other communities, but we've got exactly. to be collectively able to go in, know what we want, and that's why the meeting in New York is significant. That's why the meeting uh, in Gary in October is going to be significant because we got to have our collective plan together. And it ain't going to happen with rolling shooting from the hip and balancing from the hip and driving over here. And We on the ground have to keep uh, our, our operational unity working because the unity that we have at the ground level is what's going to have the leaders at the top saying, We've got to do this for all the right reasons. So again, I'm 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 pleased that the National Action Network uh, has had its members and 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 you and others have been there every step of the way uh, as we've moved since April and and absolutely looking forward to to uh, April 6th and the 9th through uh, uh, New York. And then again, for those people that are listening, you've got to go look up BlackWallStreetDistrict.com. BlackWallStreetDistrict.com, and then put your name on the dotted line saying, I'm going to be, don't say right on, Mark, right on, Maureen, and then you don't pick up the, 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 you don't go register. You know, so if you can't make New York and you need some time, you know, it's tough economic times, but yeah. you got time to get to Gary. So, because cause the, 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 the measuring the movement ain't going to stop. The biggest agenda coming out of New York means when we come out of that New York agenda, now we're measuring, and there's nowhere in the world. Barack Obama, President Obama, our good friend, you can't come back home to Chicago and don't have some kind of answers for my people. You can't, you can't come back to Chicago as your headquarters, and somebody ain't go ask, how's Rosalind? How's Inglewood? Exactly. And, and Mark so, and, and Maureen, and, 
let me cut in. I'm just going, son. (laughs) Go ahead, son. I, I know better, Mark. I know better. Mark and Marie, let us let's let us catch our breath here. We have a caller that's been on the line quite a while and our second guest is waiting for us. Before uh first I wanna take this call and because I wanna respectfully give the person uh opportunity to um for a comment or a question. Then Maureen, I'm gonna come back to you and I want you to close out with some final remarks. Caller Erico seven oh eight last Four digits seven six three five. You're on the air with Black Wall Street USA. Hi, thank you so much, Miss Sonia Purdue. How are you? I'm doing great. Wonderful. Who's on the line? This is Darlene Tate. Miss Tate, how are you? Miss Tate, why don't you hold on for us? You're going to come on with Ronell in a few minutes. I didn't recognize that number. I'm going to let Miss Porte close out, and you and Ronell is coming right up. I'll come okay, right up. Thank okay, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is the Black Wall Street USA. Maureen, before you leave, I want to ask you the question that we're asking across the country. We're going to go back and take a look at these shows uh, at the end of the year. But the question that we're going around the community and asking uh, our community leaders and organizers is what did black America accomplish in 2010 and what is the number one priority for our communities in 2011? And then we'd like your closing remarks, please. Well, uh, we've accomplished some things. A lot has not been accomplished. One thing I have to uh, piggyback on Mark Allen's comment is the double-digit unemployment. That is a big, big problem. I'm meeting now with uh, a, a gang truce on trying to work with the gang leaders and ceasefire. We have to put, we have to bring about some employment for our young people. People believe that unemployment brings about crime, which is not true, in my opinion, but we have to work collectively on all levels to educate and elevate the minds of all of our people. When they know better, they do better. Now, one thing we did do, we increased the voter registration. We increased those people um, able to get out to vote. We targeted the hip-hop generation, 18 to 35, but now to get them inclusive and included into the political process. It's one thing to hand them a registration card, but we need to also educate them on the political process because our older leaders are not mentoring the younger to come up to take over once their time is done. So we have accomplished some things, but we still have a long ways to go because we still have not stood up for ourselves. It's like the old thing, I've fallen I've can't, and I haven't gotten up. And we, we're still down, and we're still depending on someone to help us. And I don't want to say the white man, but that's all you hear is that the white man got me is holding me back. No one is holding you back but, but ourselves. So first of all, we have to make ourselves accountable. We have to make these elected officials that we have elected into office to represent us accountable. And then we have to make our president of the United States accountable. So once we do all that, then we can start moving forward, start planning now for the October uh, Black Wall Street. And I'm telling you, week after next, I I have included Black Wall Street as a curriculum in my classroom. And it's just amazing what they didn't know because this information is not in our history books. This is the oral history that someone has to take back and educate the students. 
Thank you so much, Maureen. You are listening to Maureen Forte, who's our guest this evening, and it was great to see you at the summit, Maureen, and I'm sure that won't be your last one now, and I'm sure oh, you're no, going to spread the word. Wonderful, yes. wonderful. We look forward to you being a part of what we're doing. Maureen Forte is the Executive Director of the Chicago Chapter of the National Action Network. Our host this evening is Mark S. Allen, board member of Black Wall Street Chicago. We want to thank our upcoming guests for their patience, and uh, we appreciate you. But we're going to take a very, very brief break here, give Mark time to catch his breath. I know he doesn't really need to, but we're going to, we're going to follow our format. We're going to follow our format because I think you could do like three hours, Mark, and that's great because I'm going to challenge you to. I'm going to challenge you to do that in the future, Maureen. We certainly want you to come back and be a part of what we do very, very soon. Will you do that for us? I sure will, and thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you, Mo. Thank you. See you in Thanks. New York. All right. Bye. Okay. Great. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. We're here every Thursday evening from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. right here. Uh, Marcus Ellen is our host. I'm the co-host, Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of CBBN. Our calling number is 347-326-9477. The chat room is open. We're just going to take a brief pause here, and we'll be back with Darlene Tate and Renaud Tatum, co-creators of the self Employment Expo. We appreciate you being with us this evening.
We're back, and you're listening to Black Wall Street USA on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of CBBN. I'm going to be your host for the remainder of the evening. We thank Mark Allen for taking over the first part of the show, and Maureen Forte uh, was our guest, and we appreciate it. We're going to have her back again. We want to thank last week's guest, Mr. Otis Moreau, the Moreau Foundation. We appreciate Mr. Moreau taking the time to join us last week and uh, talk about all the upcoming agendas that he has through the Moreau Foundation. You missed it last night, the Moreau Foundation in a community collaboration with Black Wall Street and HR Block hosted a free small business tax boot camp. It was very successful, uh, very good turnout. Very good presentation, excellent presentation from H&R Block. And they were here to discuss how small businesses should handle their city, state, and federal taxes. That was sponsored by City Illinois, and they're going to be repeating that workshop, too, in different venues. So stay tuned to Black Wall Street USA for updates on those dates. Black Wall Street USA is the official broadcast of Black Wall Street National. Thanks to the support of the national office, you can listen to our shows at blackwallstreetdistrict.com. Right there on the front page, just click on it. These shows are rebroadcast every Saturday on wjpcchicago.com from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. That's wjpcchicago.com. And we appreciate the general manager over there, Antonio Chappelle, for his support. Just want to let you know about an upcoming Chicago's Black Business Network event, uh, something that's very important to me, doing collaborations. That's one of my favorite words for this year. We are collaborating with one of our members, ETS Events and Stanley Martin, along with CBBN, will host a resource and job fair on Wednesday, April 13th, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., or maybe a little longer, at Fernwood United Methodist Church, 10057 South Wallace in Chicago. If you are an employee looking for the right employee, call 312-239-8835. That's 312-239-8835. You can reach me to reserve a booth, or you can go to www.etsceo.com for for details. Also, we're going to have more about that next week. They will be taking applications for seated there. Uh, Fernwood United will be handling that part of the resource fair that day. So listen for details on that also. Our next guest uh, guest is Winona Tatum, who is also a board member of Black Wall Street Chicago. We're going to bring him on. And uh, the producer of Talking Success, well, I'm going to let Winona tell you who he is, and the co-creator of the Self-Employment Expo, scheduled for this Saturday, April 2nd, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Oakland Hilton, located at 9333 South Cicero, right here in Chicago. And they're having a very successful run with that expo over there. Let's welcome our second guest to the show. I want to thank you for your patience. Darlene and Renal, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Sonia. Thank you, Sonia. I want to make a correction. Go ahead. Which is the president and owner of Employ Yourself Events. She got impregnated with this idea, (laughs) earthed the idea. (laughs) I came along a few years later, and she asked me to assist her with the marketing, 
and also she invited me to be a presenter of my world-renowned workshop, Why Are You Trying to Play the Success Game Without a Coach? So I need to catch my breath and let Darlene spend about 10 minutes explaining what has happened since the birth of the Self-Employment Expo, give you a little history, let you know where we are, where we're going this Saturday on April 2nd at the Oakland Hilton, 9333 South Cicero. It's a free event. And where are we going in the future with this? I will be assisting her all the way along. So I'm like a stepfather. <laughs> That's I'll great. Take it away. That's great. Well, Darlene, I'm looking forward to hearing this. Tell us what, who you are and tell us about the history of the Self-Employment Expo. Well, thank you so much, Sonia. And first, let me tell you, Renal, thank you, because when we did come together and uh, he became part of this expo, it just, it, it tripled. It tripled in success. The Self-Employment Expo is an event that I began producing actually in 2007, and one of the motivating factors for it was I saw a deficit of uh, events that would encourage and uh, educate and empower people uh, to self-employment or any type of business ownership. There were so many different events where it promoted consumerism, shall we say. And, And that's fine. It has its place. But I know in a lot of communities, and especially in our community, it's important that we begin to promote business ownership, and self-employment. So I did some research, and I began producing it in 2007. And so I held it annually. We started off small. By 2009, we incorporated seminars and workshops, and it took off. And and that's the year Renal joined the Self-Employment Expo. So in that year, with the incorporation of the seminars and workshops, along with Every self-employment option available, whether it's franchises or how to become an independent contractor, looking at direct sale companies, self-publishing your book, our goal was to incorporate not just the self-employment options that are out there for people, but also educate them on business ownership as a whole. And in doing all of that, another goal of mine was to make it free for people to attend to attend, and that we've definitely been successful with. And 2011 marks our fifth year, and we couldn't be prouder. That is wonderful. That is a success story, and that's and that's a great story. Now, Darlene, can you tell uh, us a little bit more about what to expect this Saturday? Oh, yeah. It's going to be a great uh, day. We're starting early at 9 a.m., and as Renal touched upon, we have over this year we have over 75 businesses that are participating these businesses either offer some type of self-employment option or some type of service or product that will help existing and aspiring business owners build and grow their own businesses so there's some people that want to look at a direct sale business uh, like a home-based business There are many options that will be represented there from uh, multi-level marketing to direct sale to uh, an opportunity to simply uh, sell, you know, products for an existing company as an independent contractor and earn a very respectable income. There will also be options there to become an independent contractor in certain industries, for instance, insurance. 
and I've I've been in the financial services industry for a number of years, and there will be companies there to answer people's questions about, you know, how do I become uh, an insurance agent? Do I have to take classes? What's the, you know, education requirement? Is there an investment? There will be people there to answer those questions for the attendees. So they're able to look at, you know, if they want to become a realtor, that's a form of self-employment. An insurance agent, that's a form of self-employment. There will also be someone uh, there producing a seminar on how to choose the right franchise for you. And I know last year we had a number of questions from attendees regarding franchises. So we listened to, you know, uh, what our attendees say and what they want out of the Self-Employment Expo, and we strive to give that to them as well. Additionally, there will be companies there that can help to grow your business, like uh, social media marketing companies, companies that uh, specialize in increasing your sales or teaching you how to find your target market. So there will be companies that will help you grow your business also. Now, as far as the seminars, and, and we are just excited, the seminars this year. Like Renal said, he's doing his signature seminar, uh, Why Are You Trying to Play the Success Game Without a Coach? And this was a seminar that he first uh, produced at the 2009 Expo. So we're, we're extremely pleased that Renal is coming back with that seminar. Additionally, we have uh, someone there. We have Zelda Robinson there talking about how to set up a nonprofit and get grant money. Another request from last year, we have uh, someone talking about how to promote your business online with Michelle Brock. We have Jasmine McCalpin, which teaches how to look for the difference between business ownership and business opportunity. We have Peggy Riggins, you know, Discover Your Soul Purpose. And in total, we have this year 11 seminars and workshops and four breakout sessions that teach you how to estate planning or financial planning for small business owners. So this is really, Sonia, it's a one-day conference that we've put together that not only shows people the options, it teaches them how to operate uh, a business if they're new to business ownership. It shows them how to plan for the future, especially as an entrepreneur. So this has really, like Renal said, it has become my baby. It has eclipsed all of my other businesses, but I absolutely love it, and I love the response that we receive from the people that attend every year. You listen to Black Wall Street USA with Darlene Taylor. She's talking about her baby and her passion, the self-employment expert. I can hear the joy in your voice, Miss Tate, and that's <laughs> great because it, it is a success. Let me let me ask you a couple of things now. Um, is there are there still booths available? There are still a couple of booths available if there are uh, businesses or people that would like to benefit from you know. Uh, displaying their their uh, business opportunity or displaying their business or service to hundreds that will be in attendance, they can definitely go to the website, which is www.selfemploymentexpo.com and click on the tab that says Be an Exhibitor. That's great. That's great news. And we want you to tell us that information again, share that with us again before you leave the air. Now, since you found the formula, sometimes – it takes a, a while to do it, and that five years is it's a pretty good uh, time period. 
Now that you've found the formula for success, are you thinking about taking this national? We are not just thinking about it, Sonia. We are doing it. <laughs> we wonderful, are doing it. Wonderful. Yeah, we're we're excited. We're looking at Atlanta for the fall of this year, and then in 2012, I'm looking at identifying five additional cities because this is definitely information that can change people's lives. Now, as you look across the country, because, you know, this show has a national focus, and we go into different communities, and we talk about sustaining and increasing black businesses, and that's what you're talking about, increasing the number of black business owners. So we are definitely on the same page as as that. As you've looked around the country, because I can hear from – from your tone that you're setting here, you've done your research. Do you see this type of presentation out there across the country? I do. I do because, first of all, we are everywhere for sure. And the more people, more black people that we empower and educate, not just on how to, you know, uh, run a business where you're you're earning a little extra money to pay your bills, we're talking about setting you up and educating you to run and operate a profitable business. So this is something that, this is a formula that would work wherever we go, wherever we go, and that's what we're looking to do. It takes time to build it to the point where we're in 50 cities a year, but that's our goal. I, and that, that's a, and that's an important goal and a doable goal. I think as Black Wall Street talks about sustaining black businesses, Chicago's Black Business Network talks about taking your business to the next level of mm-hmm. success. Sustaining is one thing, staying alive and survival in that survival mode. That'll kill you almost. But we're talking about <laughs> We're trying to talk about it. What you're trying to talk about is let's be successful. Let's move from the struggle. Let's move from just sustaining. We must talk about going to the next level. Isn't that right, Ms. Tate? That is exactly uh, what we're what we're talking about. It's it's the same as when you meet someone and you know they're they're hustling whatever you know wares that they have. What we strive to do, and it's the same thing. We're all in an education. Uh, realm here, teaching how to truly operate a business so that we begin looking at being profit-driven, that we operate in a business that we're profit-driven, so that we have a legacy to leave to our children. Absolutely, absolutely. And also, one of the things that I find uh, more and more and more and more and more important is speaking the language of business on a daily basis around young people. As we do so, they will speak that same language. You listen to Black Wall Street USA with Darlene Tate and Renal Tatum. Tatum, tell us uh, some of the things that you have coming up with the Self-Employment Expo. I know she talked about your seminar. Tell us what you're doing this Saturday. Well, before I do that, I just wanted to interject one thing, is that most people historically, and this is a multicultural event, uh, but from an African-American vantage point, I was just sitting here thinking of how this is also in the spirit of Harriet Tubman in the sense that many wanted to escape the plantation. And here we are 150, 160 years later, 
and we've got people stuck on the corporate plantation. I've been stuck on the corporate plantation. And even with all the information that I've had, I've found sometimes it being difficult to get off the corporate plantation because complacency and apathy sets in. Now, the opposite of success is actually complacency. It's not failure. Failure is a small stepping stone that leads towards success. So many people, by attending the Self-Employment Expo, will be exposed to people that are not only presenters, vendors, people with information, but one thing that I need for people to understand that the Self-Employment Expo is like a humongous magnet. It's drawing people. I've gotten emails, Facebook posts, uh, other social medias I'm, I'm on, link, LinkedIn, and others. People are showing up. Some phenomenal people are going to be there. So I would recommend that anyone that comes to the Self-Employment Expo Spend time introducing yourself to people that you don't know. If you see people you know, say, hi, how are you? It's good to see you. And try to approach somebody you don't know because you'll never know who's in the hallway, in the meeting room, presentation room with you, exchange your numbers. And one thing that I recommend, and, and, and my business has grown by leaps and bounds, and it's phenomenal, and I don't believe that the sky is the limit, is that, People are dealing with a method called networking. And networking is outdated, overrated, and ill-fated in the sense that most people don't know how to do it. I've been a student of George Frazier for a few years. He wrote a book, Success Runs in Our Race, an Effective Guide to Networking in the African-American Community. And I also studied under a gentleman named Dr. Wilkerson that coined the phrase RBO. And that's what we do. Darlene and I thrive off of relationship-building opportunities. That's what an RBO is. We try to seek, define, and listen, use our two ears and our two eyes, and keep our mouth closed to find out what other people have, whether it be a product or service, a gift, skill, or a talent, and try to figure out how we can plug those people into our circle of people that we have relationships with. If you notice, I didn't use the word network because that would have been a contradiction to RBO. So I just want to invite everybody out to participate in this great event. Darlene can testify that last year and the year before last, people were just sending emails and making phone calls. When are you going to have another event? I missed it. So a lot of people aren't taking a chance. The, the website has been blowing up with registrations. You'd be surprised how many people would go online. If you go to www.selfemploymentexpo.com and look at the registration form, if it was for anything else, people wouldn't spend the time or effort to complete that form to register. Now, getting back to the question, the success game, why are you trying to play without a coach? We've got people running around saying they're self-made millionaires, and I've also learned from Dr. Wilkerson Say what you mean and mean what you say. We understand what most people mean when they say they're self-made millionaires, for example, but these are people that are actually saying to us that they weren't born with a silver spoon in their mouth like the Carnegie's, the Millen's, the Kennedy's, the Ford's, the Kennedy, I said the Kennedy's, Donald Trump, uh, people more or less like a um, Bill Gates and others would say they're self-made. Um 
And our intent with this event is not to try to make millionaires. That's not the primary focus. It's to give people information that they don't have so they can make better decisions, um, so they can stop taking chances. And that's what people are doing. Uh, they're not exposing themselves to information so they can get out of the rut. Um, somebody that I've worked with said the only difference between a rut and a grave is the dimensions. Mm-hmm. So, again, this is a great opportunity. I would just say that people need to come to the workshop. I'm not going to expose the details, but I tell you, when you walk out with the handout and some people sign up to get my DVD and CD that's coming out in another month, they can they can uh, sign up to get that in advance copy. Um, they're going to be very pleased. Uh, we are going to run out of time, but the intent is to arouse enough interest, give them enough information, so even when they leave the fun shop, not a workshop, the fun shop, because I know most people work is a trigger word, and everybody wants to go to heaven, but don't nobody want to die. A lot of people want to live the lifestyle of rich and famous, but they don't want to put the work in. So to eliminate that trigger word going off in their head, oh, another workshop. You come to my fun shops, you don't go to sleep. On many occasions, we had to pass out seat belts because I blew people out of their seats. Is that right? That's not, that's not ego or grandiosity. It's a fact, but it's, I'm 60. What I'm doing now at 60, I wish I could have done at 30, but I failed to realize that you have to have substance, you got to have experience, you got to have wherewithal, and you have to know not only what you're talking about, you have to be able to walk it. And if you see me tomorrow, I guarantee you, that I won't have on loafers. Symbolically, I like to wear shoes with tongues in the shoes because I want the tongue in my shoes to go in the same direction the tongue in my mouth is going. Is that right? You listen to Black Wall Street USA. That's we know Tatum talking success, and he does, does he not? And board member Black Wall Street Chicago. And our guest this evening is Darlene Tate, the creator of the Self-Employment Expo, which is a very exciting adventure. I'm excited, and I, and I will be there Saturday. I see there's a lot to learn. And, and listening to you right now, and uh, Darlene, um, we are in a learning curve. You used another term, Darlene. I am forever, forever in a learning curve. And as people who are corporate shareholders, um, sharecroppers, or employed, as you uh, may also say, they're also in a learning curve. As they, they're listening and they're dreaming and they're making decisions, but there's training required to as it's training required to do the job that they're they're doing currently. There's training required to be a business owner and we fail to get that training and sometimes that causes us to fail. Sometimes it's not uh being complacent. Sometimes it's a lack of the right knowledge and the correct training and not even knowing that you need it. Like the small business tax workshop. It's uh, a lack of knowledge that's causing us to fail. Some of some of these pitfalls, Raynal, and you tell me, we can avoid, that includes me and everybody else, if we took it on owning a business as uh, being in, in need of some formal training. What do you say, Renal? Well, that's absolutely correct, and I'm a stickler on words. I'm a wordsmith now. Uh, I, oftentimes I talk to students, I said I didn't learn how to read until I was 27. 
said, well, how did you graduate from college? Because I read what I needed to read just to get by. But I ran into a guy named Walter Williams that said there's no difference between a person that can't read and won't read. They're both ignorant. And the one that can read and won't read is worse off than the one that can read. So you talked about paradigm shifts, changing your thinking, using the correct definitions for words. For example, training versus education. Most people think they're synonymous. They're not. Dr. King, when he was a freshman at Morehouse in 1946, wrote a paper on the purpose of an education. Just to paraphrase that one-page paper, what King, to summate what he said was that you need to de- educate yourself so you can develop and cultivate your mind into a tool that would not only solve your problem but solve other problems, other people's problems, and give, share your gifts, skills, and talents with people and develop those things. At the turn of the 20th century, which is around 1906-1907, children in America were educated prior to that. But in 1906, when we moved into an industrial revolution, they had no need for educated people among the masses. So they started training people. So you can train a monkey to do something, but you can't educate a monkey to do math, chemistry, physics. So I hope I gave a good analogy and uh, idea differentiating the difference between training and educating. Uh, you have a lot of corporate trainers. I've done corporate training and training in the private sector and the, and the public sector. Uh, a good trainer only needs to read about the information. He may not even have to have good, uh, experience if he's an excellent trainer to train someone to do something step by step. But to educate someone is to move them into a critical thinking mode where they can create. That's the difference. Education leads to creation. Mm-hmm. And that's what people are going to get exposed to when they come to the Self-Employment Expo. They are going to get exposed to educators, people that have linked their education, not formal education to go to school to get a job, their education as it relates to becoming successful, cultivating that seed of greatness in themselves, and developing that business. Even if you don't want to go into business for yourself, just handling your household business and financial affairs, uh, you can be educated through some of the workshops at the Self-Employment Expo. So it's, it's, we're not trying to be all things to all people, but the information can be used across a broad spectrum of areas in people's lives. And that's the great thing about what Darlene has been able to create because her intent initially was to help move people from employment to self-employment, but now this whole self-employment expo has gone beyond her own beliefs and understanding. Let me just uh, go sidetrack just a little bit. So you, since you were uh, giving your definition um, of education and training and comparing it to training, take an eighth-grade class in Chicago public schools. What are we doing? Are we training them or are we educating them? Are we doing either of those things? We're training them and teaching them how to take tests and memorize information. Yes. Now, my daughter, for example, she's 15 years old. She's a critical thinker. She's a debater. She's been debating for four years. She can't memorize her information. She has to read and internalize that information. So no matter what position she has to take on an issue, she can talk on the pro side as well as the con side. Only a critical thinker or a person that would educate themselves about the information for example, one of her topics was, what is the advantage to the planet as it results to moving towards more, becoming more green? 
Well, you got to know both sides of the issue. And you have to internalize that information and be able to talk intelligently about it, which requires some critical thinking. You can't memorize that information and, and stand in front of a group and debate the issue through memorization. Absolutely. You listen to Black Wall Street USA with Renault Tatum and Darlene Tate. Renault, before we go back to Ms. Tate again, I just as a member of Black Wall Street Chicago, can you just give us your summation of this week's summit? Well, the summit was a, a great um, opportunity for people. We had some uh, regulars there. We had some new people there. And one thing that we're consistent about is that we don't allow – and I'll use a, a term from the street. We don't allow jaw jacking. We don't allow people to come in and vent and present great ideas but don't want to take a leadership position. For example, someone may come and say, I think we need to do this. Well, the first thing we do is put them on the spot and say, are you willing to become uh, a committee chair and formulate a committee of people that have the same interests that you have and come back and report at the uh, Black Wall Street Summit 16? Either they sit down and shut up or they stand up and, and, and become responsible enough to make a commitment to getting together with some people and doing the proper due diligence and research so they can come back and intelligently report what they their findings were and the next action steps that would be taken uh, to achieve whatever goal uh, that they may established as a result of the issue or the quote-unquote, Darlene and I, we don't use the P-R-O-B-L-E-M word, whatever the challenge may be. Jaw-jacking. I'm going to have to remember. I'm, I'm going to have to remember that term, jaw-jacking, because there's a lot of jaw-jacking that goes around. <laughs> there's a lot of jaw-jacking. And you know what, Tatum, I'm going to agree with you. Even outside of the summit, I think that we will need to begin to uh, stop the jaw jacking and call people to the task. If you if you're suggesting it, will you do it? And maybe some more things will get done. We have a tendency to do a lot of jaw jacking and uh, less action, but we're gonna we're gonna fix that. We're gonna um, work on that. We're gonna work on that. All of us. We listen to Black Wall Street USA. Uh, Miss Tate. What else is it? Would you? What else would you like to share with our listeners about the upcoming expo? Well, I, I want to piggyback, if I can, for a minute, on uh, some things that uh, both you and Renal said, which is re-educating people when it comes to business ownership. And Renal knows, and I was on his show about a book uh, that I wrote called "Take Off Your Pajamas: Shifting Your Mindset from Employee to Self-Employed Professional." And that was really the culmination of my own re-education because I've gone through and I've met so many people that are going through that cycle of I'm going to start my own business. And then they begin and they start it, but they don't build it. And they end up in a cycle where they're sort of, quote, unquote, hustling their business on the side and then going back to a job and then, you know, the business hustle gets good. They quit the job, but they're still operating their side business like a hobby or like they're still an employee and they're in a position where they have to go back to the job. It's a re-education process, and at the expo, they'll get a lot of that information. 
But what I want to really stress, and and this goes far beyond the Self-Employment Expo this Saturday, which is the information that you gather, that you receive. If you take it home, put it on the dresser, and, and walk away and turn the television on and never go back to it, your situation will not change. If you want true change for yourself and to build a profitable business, it will take action. And that's what we're talking about, giving you the information, tell, showing you what the options are, educating you on how to operate a profitable business, but then it's up to the individual to take that action. And and we love to hear the stories after the expo from people that attended and, you know, a few months later, they've self-published their book. And so now they're learning how to market that book. So these are great testimonials. But understand, we can provide all the education and the information. We want everybody to take it home and take action. That's now, great. Talk about, talk about the um, people, just to single out one of many, Kathy McClure with McClure Publish. Mm-hmm. Kathy McClure uh, with McClure Publishing joined us in 2009. She is started off, she was a self-published writer who in turn created her own publishing company. So now she's one of our premier presenters that uh, presents a seminar on how to self-publish your own writings and market it in the U.S. and the U.K. This is, it's invaluable information because so many people, have that book in their head, and it stays there a lot of times, and it never makes it to paper, and then it never makes it to the publishing stage, not sometimes because of lack of uh, enthusiasm, but because of lack of information. So we're grateful that Kathy has, is joining us in 2011 for the third year producing her seminar, How to Self-Publish and Distribute in the, U- in the United States. That's great. I didn't know the book. Take off your pajamas. That's you. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's you. I've seen that. I've seen it. I'll have to read that. That's wonderful. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. And tell our listeners again uh, where the expo is and the time and all the other vital information. Okay. The Self-Employment Expo is April 2nd, which is this Saturday, at the Oak Lawn Hilton, 9333 South Cicero, we're starting at 9 a.m., and we're going to 5 p.m. For those who would like to register, and we strongly encourage that you register, the website address is www.selfemploymentexpo.com. Again, that's selfemploymentexpo.com. For those of you who take the time to register online, we will be having a raffle at the expo to give away $100. But you must register online. Again, that website address is selfemploymentexpo.com. That's a great incentive, and I will be sure to register. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> darling, we want to thank you. I'm excited with you. Uh, and it's great to be excited about what you do. It, it really is. And, I, and I, I love it when people enjoy it and love it. I didn't understand until I got this old what the term means that love what you do. I really did because I do enjoy what I'm doing. It doesn't appear sometimes, does it, we know. But I do. I have a little grouchiness in me, darling. But <laughs> I do enjoy I do enjoy connecting people. Uh, I enjoy the show, and I enjoy watching people 
uh, become successful and collaborate. I really, really do. Darlene, I want to uh, meet you, Saturday. I look forward to being at the Expo. Renal, uh stay with us, Darlene. Renal, do you have some closing remarks for our listeners? Well, I have, I have many, and, and, and Darlene and I have moved out of the arena of sales, and we've been blessed to attribute a great amount of our success to attraction marketing, public relations, and pure unadulterated marketing, and reaching out and helping others. I always say the closer you get to the top, the longer my arms get so I can reach back and help others. In my 60 years, that is the only original quote that I've come up with, and I'm truly blessed because oftentimes we hear other people having to quote other people. And uh, it took me back. I did a lot of research to make sure I hadn't heard that somewhere and it belonged to someone else because I go out of my way to cite what others say. So that, that's real important to me. So that's that's basically what we want to do. Darlene has reached back uh, here five years later, and we want to bring as many people to the top as possible because two things are going to happen. And one part of what I'm getting ready to say we really don't want to say, and that is we can see you at the top or we can see you from the top. And it's not our desire to see you from the top because the it's the bottom that's overcrowded. And the sky is not the limit. Because if that was true, we would never put a man on the moon. Because the rocket ship would have hit where the sky ran out and bounced off and came back to Earth. And we would have never put a man on the moon. So for anybody in the sound of my voice, if you don't remember anything, the sky is not the limit. And I just like to close the way I close talking success. Good, better, best. Never let it rest until your good is better and your better is best and God will do the rest. Well, thank you so much. Every time I li- listen to you, Renal, uh, you get more and more amazing to me, and I learned something. I appreciate you. Darlene, I appreciate you for taking the time, and I look forward to meeting you on Saturday. Much success to you, which I know you will have. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you, Sonia. Thank you. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. I'm Sonia Perdue and your host for the second part, uh, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network.com and author of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions. We're going to take a short break uh, during this last half hour. We're going to come back with some more updates, announcements, and events. Thank you so much for joining us.
I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, author of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, Book 1, 2010, available at Amazon.com and founder of Chicago's Black Business Network.com. We have about 800 members now on Chicago's Black Business Network.com. We want you to come over and join us and touch the world. And we've been putting information out there. The next 100 people, we're going to extend that deadline to April 15th, the next 100 people who join us on Chicago's Black Business Network.com will be permitted to have two commercials to send us your MP3s on this show. That's right. And you know, of course, our shows are replayed on WJPC Chicago every weekend where we have thousands of listeners. So it's very important that you use this PR for whatever your business is. We want you to take advantage of it. I um, promised you, promised you the secret code. If you listen to the show uh, this evening, I promised you a secret code, and this is based on my feeling that I'm getting from this self-employment expo vibes that's going on. The secret code, come over to joinchicagoblackbusinessnetwork.com, send me an email on the site with the secret code, empower yourself. Empower yourself. That's what we want to do uh, with chicagoblackbusinessnetwork.com. We want to assist you in taking your business to the next level of success. I do hope I meet you over there on Saturday, October the 2nd, at the Self-Employment Expo at the Oakland Hilton. That's 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. That's 9333 South Cicero. You can visit the website, and they suggest strongly that you pre-register www.selfemploymentexpo.com. We appreciate Darlene Tate and Renault Taylor for all those positive advice. I needed that. I needed that. I needed that so badly. I got a worm in my uh, computer today. I was down from yesterday to today. So I needed that food. I needed to be fed that positivity. And I, I really appreciate that. I, I pre- appreciate it. I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel much better. Marcus Allen started off the show, board member of Chicago's Black Wall Street with Maureen Tate, the national Executive Director for the Chicago Chapter of the National Action Network. We appreciate Mo being with us and over at the summit this past Saturday. Wanted to share a little information with you. Thursday, April 7th, these are some of our upcoming events. Black Wall Street Chicago will have a board meeting, and that's summit review at 830 to 1030 a.m. at 449 East 35th Street. The number for Black Wall Street is 312-624-8351. That's also the direct line for uh, Ron Carter. So if you'd like to give him your feedback on the summit or you have any questions, please give him a call, 312-624-8351. You can also find him on Facebook. April 13th, that's Wednesday, April 13th, Black Wall Street will host an evening meeting uh, as part of their community outreach in in an effort to expand its services, community involvement, and share their agenda. They want and they wish for the residents of Chicago to become familiar with what Black Wall Street local and national agenda is. And for those who work the nine to five, and we know that you do, 
they wanted to have an evening meeting, and this is going to be April 13th, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the offices of the South Street Journal, same address, 449 East 35th Street in Chicago. And I uh, want you to be a part of sustaining and increasing black businesses. For So for all of those who've had difficulty the past few years getting over to the 8.30 on Thursday meeting, they're asking you to join them Wednesday evening, April 13th, 6 to 8 p.m. Also, that Wednesday, I'll be out uh, I'll be out working myself that Wednesday with ETS event. Stanley Martin is a CBBN member, and we will be out there uh, over at Fernwood United Methodist Church, 10057 South Wallace. We're very excited. This is the first collaboration between myself and ETS events. But I know that Stanley Martin has been hosting job fairs across the city and I've heard great things about his job fairs and I expect no less from this. This is going to be April 13th, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., Fernwood United Methodist Church, 10057 South Wallace in Chicago. The Dr. Reverend Al Sampson is the pastor over there for 35 years, I do believe now, and his um organization and team will be handling CETA that day. So you get gas bills, light bills, uh, bring your inf- bring your information, bring your bills, your ID, your leases, uh, all those type of things. We're going to be updating you on that. You can also find this information on our website, chicagosblackbusinessnetwork.com, and I'm going to ask the pastor for a list of the requirements for CETA so that you are prepared when you do come, when you do join us on April 13th. We want you to be prepared uh, to utilize the CETA service for your heating and electric bills. To reserve a booth, we want you to know if you are an employer, we still have booths available. Call me at 312-239-8835 or visit ETS Events. Let me get that right. ETSEvents.com for additional information, and you should be able to register right online for a booth for April the 13th. I want to be sure I had that website correct. Okay. Also, want to remind you that you can listen to Black Wall Street USA in our archives. All of our shows from March, I started this March 2009, and actually it started as a show for our members to present their services and products to the Blog Talk Radio audience and the world. And what we're going to do, we're going to have special broadcasts. For our members, we're going to, you know, invite some a few of our future members to come on the air, and we're going to repeatedly broadcast those shows for our premium members. Also, the past few weeks we've been hosting job broadcasts. You can go into our archives and listen to those broadcasts. Also, we had one employee on there who's hiring 900 people this fall. You should check out our broadcast on the jobs. But we do look forward to seeing you uh, Saturday for the Self-Employment Expo. We look forward to seeing you on the 13th for our 
Job and Resource Fair over at Fernwood United Methodist Church. And also, and I'm going to try, try and tweak my language. I, I learned something this, this evening. Uh, listen to Renault Tatum of Talking Success. And he can't talk success. Friday, April 22nd, we're going to have a le- another Let's Meet on the Street. That's 35th Street for connecting. That is much more than networking. That's going to be 5 to 9 p.m. at 449 East 35th Street. We will keep you updated on the details. And one thing Mr. Tatum was pointing out to us is very, very important, and I, and I do believe in it, although I have to hear repeatedly in order to practice it, that um, connecting is much more than networking. It is building relationships. It is looking at uh, the person's business and interests and products and services and seeing how can that fit into what I do. How can they fit into what I do? How can I contribute to what they do? And if you approach it that way, you will have a much greater ratio of success instead of always it being about me, 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 me. I believe in that word, community collaboration. That is my word, uh, my thing, my personal thing for 2011. We've been talking uh, since the beginning of the show this year as our overall thing for the show is let's talk about nothing but success. And we do hope to continue around the country in that vein and in that spirit and just talk about nothing but success. I would like to, uh, since it's my show for the rest of the, the evening, I'd like to play one of my poems from Black America, asking ourselves the tough questions. You can go online at www asking ourselves the tough questions, and you can answer the tough questions that we have posted. And probably in the beginning of the week, I will post some new questions so that we can start generating some activity over there. Um, we have had a couple of book discussions. I should say me, but I always talk in the terms of we because I don't create by myself. It's just a whole the whole universe creating with me. So it's it's not about me. But I have had a few book discussions, and they've gone very well, and I'm very excited about that, and we'll be scheduling some more. Also, I'm creating an opportunity for nonprofit organizations to profit by hosting book discussions, and we'll be getting that information out to you. Angel Smith, my new assistant will be working with me on that project to get that information out to nonprofits, how you can host a book discussion, and we will make a donation to your organization as you do for the benefit of all of us. It's Black America asking ourselves the tough questions, and this poem is from my first book, Generations. It is the generation before this generation of madness that is mad a legacy of insanity gifted to the children of the insane. No passing of discipline or traditions, but rites of guilt, pain, and plagues. A torch of sadness passes. It is the generation of sunshine that has left us sightless as the children of the blind lead us toward the millennium of darkness. The generation of choice has left us no choices as our world turns and we devour ourselves. We stare into the eyes of our children, a brilliant reflection of our image, and we blame them for what we see. It's a people problem. That's you people. and me. 
totally be true. But we could solve this confusion if we tried instead of shooting. Plus, there's no excuse when we have mouths that could use them for apologizing and acknowledging fault instead of falsely accusing, making threats, shouting, and verbally abusing. You see, we could blame race because it's easy and it's legal, but the one common denominator, people, is people. It's a people problem.
I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, author of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, Book 1, 2010. You can visit the website, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, and see if you can answer the tough questions. Black Wall Street USA is the official broadcast of Black Wall Street Nationals, thanks to the support of the National Office. You can listen to our shows at www.blackwallstreetdistrict.com. Our show link is right there on the main page. For those of you who are listening and who want to become a member of Chicago's Black Business Network.com, want you to know what the secret call word is, empower yourself. That's our goal. That's our dream. Empower yourself. In closing, persistence is the act of continually pursuing something in spite of obstacles. Woo! I felt like that today when that worm was on my computer. Persistence, let me say it again, persistence is the act of continually pursuing something in spite of obstacles. Do what you love. Do it with the one you love. Have a great life. And listen to us on CBBN on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday evening. Let's talk about nothing but success in 2011. We appreciate all of you for joining us this evening. See you next week.